Welcome to Faith and Friendship Spoken Here, our podcast of Saints of the Door and Maria in Glastonbury, Connecticut, a partnership between communications ministry and our mental health ministry. Michelle, welcome to our broadcast. It's nice to reconnect with our faith and to continue with this conversation. Yes. I've been paying attention more to our faith as we, you know, as we talk about it, but this was always something that I like to talk about, you know, growing up, my mom would make us go on holy days of obligation and we would always go to church, but she sort of would drag us on holy days of obligation. We would go because we were supposed to go, but she never really explained to us why just it was a holy day of obligation. So I've been mm-hmm. studying a bit of what Ascension Thursday is and um, Ascension Thursday is when Jesus rose back up into heaven. There's a fun fact about Ascension Thursday that in the archdiocese within the ecclesiastical provinces of Boston, Hartford, New York, Newark, Omaha, and Philadelphia. So I'm not sure the randomness of those cities, but the Ascension of the Lord always falls on Thursday of the sixth week of Easter and is a holy day of obligation. In all other archdioceses, the ascension of the Lord is transferred to the seventh Sunday of Easter. That's something I'd like to explore a little bit more. I have no idea why that is, but kind of a fun fact. My understanding of the ascension is that this is when Jesus's body is ascended into heaven. He rose on the third day. He was on the earth, appeared to the apostles, appeared to many in the days after he rose, but Ascension Thursday would be the day when his body actually was taken up into heaven. So, Laura, I'm glad that you dig into it a little bit and try to figure out why you were there on those holy days of obligation. It's important for us to know some of this, and I think sometimes I haven't really delved into them that much, so it's good that we bring it up. I like that. Um, it, I mean, I want to learn more about it, but it makes me realize how much I don't know and how much I have still to learn, of course. I mean, like, that's an understatement, but that keeps us going, just like doing a little bit of research for our broadcast. One thing leads to the next. So, you know, we look at one thing, and it leads to a scripture, or it leads to, oh, there's this word I don't understand. So that's what I'm finding I really like about all of these different podcasts that we're doing each month, and each one has a different theme, but it leads us to different things, and I, I just am enjoying that exploration. Yeah, it's good. And we've got some good topics today because this month is Mental Health Awareness Month. So there's a a lot. When I was thinking about that, I looked up scriptures to fight anxiety. I Googled it and it came up with 32 different scriptures that reference anything to do with anxiety and how we should get through it through our faith. There's a lot of them, but I just found that so interesting because in all transparency, I do struggle with some anxiety. And if I can tell a quick personal story, last weekend, I had to take a really big exam and I have test anxiety. So getting there, getting in, praying before I took it, and then I didn't get the results that I had hoped for. I was just kind of thinking and I was feeling a little bit down and I wish I had had this with me. It's a wonderful scripture, 
And it says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. John 16, 33. I could have used this on Saturday, but I have it now. And um, it is really resonating with me. How did you find that scripture and then it spoke to you? Because I think that's really neat, Michelle. Well, I actually got some cards. They're just some religious little things in the mail the other day. Um, And this was the one that was on top. And I, that's how I found it. And I was like, see, there's a reason that was on top. You know what I mean? Like, that's something that I'm supposed to be really thinking about. And that's the Holy Spirit at work right there. And I feel confident that I'm going to go and take the test again. So, yeah, that's how I came across it. I always get little things in the mail or online, all the emails and everything we get. We stumble across all kinds of good stuff. You go to the the store all the time and you're buying us prayer cards. Laura's got every saint. We have a card for it or a medallion. She's very good about all of that to keep us on track. Yeah, I have a stack of prayer cards and saint cards and little medals and, um, So, I mean, it's comforting for me to know that there's a specific saint out there. In fact, for Mental Health Awareness Month, there's a patron saint of mental health. So we pray to St. Dimphna. We do. I do some mornings before I start my work. I definitely pray. It just gives me some peace and some extra support because some mornings are a little more challenging than others. Just praying that everyone that we come in contact with in our workplace, we can just pray, just pray and hope we all can uh, rely on her. Is there a prayer? Do you have that prayer in front of you? Or is there a little history about St. Dimpha that you know? So there's a little bit of history that we have on the uh, different prayer cards, different saint cards. You know, she was born in Ireland and it looks like she had a lot of things happen. Her mom passed when she was young and her father then was afflicted with a mental illness, which was brought on by the grief of his wife passing. That's where I think she first got a feel for what that's really like, because her father was suffering after his wife passed. And um, it said that under the stress of mental illness her father was suffering from, he was, you know, willing to do some things that were, it looks like it says, scandalous proposal on there. So then Dimphna dedicated her life to virginity. And it says she was only 15 years old when she died. And she was buried in a pure white tomb in a cave. She went through a lot. There's a lot to this. That was just kind of touching on the different things. But I do have the prayer. If you want me to read the prayer. Well, that would be nice. All right. It says, Lord Jesus Christ, you have willed that St. Dimphna should be invoked by thousands of clients as a patroness of nervous and mental disease and have brought it about that her interest in these patients should be an inspiration to and an ideal of charity throughout the world. Grant that through the prayers of this youthful martyr of purity, those who suffer from nervous and mental illness everywhere on earth's may be helped and consoled. I recommend to you in particular, and then you put your attention there, be pleased to hear the prayers of St. Dimphna and of your Blessed Mother. Give those whom I recommend the patience to, to hear with their affliction, 
and resignation to do your divine will. Give them the consolation they need and especially the cure they so much desire, if it be your will. With Christ our Lord, amen. That's really nice. Thank you. Pretty powerful. Yeah, yeah very much so. It's very comforting. Um, May is also Memorial Day, and we are having a Mass. Father Mark has a Mass every year at St. Augustine Cemetery, which is really lovely. He started doing that a few years ago. I remember because I went, my family didn't want to go. I think I, I went to the parade, and that was when my faith journey, I guess, was starting, Michelle. You know, I was starting to get interested and wanted to be at church or around church or around church people. And it just felt right. It just felt like it was important. I wanted to be part of this. It's been really lovely. I think it was on hold because of the pandemic. So it's honoring the soldiers who have paid their dues, paid with their lives to protect our freedom, honoring them under the beauty of those old trees and the grass and just being out hearing the birds in this beautiful sacred spot is really, really lovely. Sounds like a very nice tradition that he started. Thank you, Laura, for bringing that up. I missed that one. So thank you for reminding all of us about that. You're welcome. Well, I know, Michelle, you know, veterans and our U.S. military are really an important part of your life. And one of your calls that is really important that we honor our soldiers and our um, men and women of service in all the different areas and all the people that have died protecting our freedom. And um, I want to honor you for that because I know that your commitment to veterans is so personal and so meaningful for you. So thank you. Yeah, it is. Thank you for that, Lord. Appreciate that. So May 15th actually is the feast day of one of the patron saints of our parish. St. Isidore, the farmer. When the churches merged and the different parishes merged within the archdiocese several years ago, um, they were renamed with different saints and so forth. And so Saints Isidore and Maria were given to our church because of our agricultural history in Glastonbury. Our location to the Connecticut River and all the farming industry that's really part of our culture in this community. So a little bit about St. Isidore was that he was born in Madrid, in Spain, in the latter half of the 12th century. For most of his life, he was employed as a laborer on a farm outside the city. He was favored with celestial visions, and it said the angels sometimes helped him in his work in the fields. He was canonized in 1622. In 1947, he was proclaimed the patron saint of the National Rural Conference in the United States. He's the patron saint of farmers. A little prayer for Saint Isidore is, God, through the intercession of Saint Isidore and the Holy Farmer, grant that we may overcome all feelings of pride. May we always serve you with that humility which pleases you through his merits and example. So there's just a little prayer for Saint Isidore, our patron saint, and a little way of honoring him and um, really this great, legacy of our church and parish and our family here. Thank you. May is also the month of Mary, Blessed Mother. And there's a novena that I love the idea of this novena in the same way that the prayer cards are praying to a patron saint is powerful and helpful for us. But so the Mary, um, the novena for Mary, undoer of knots. I just love the idea of our Blessed Mother untying these tightly knotted ribbons or ropes 
we all have knots in our lives. If it's a work knot, you know, we get tied up in knots ourselves and we tie that into mental health. We're talking about anxiety. I mean, I think of like my stomach turns into knots or we get nervous about something or we're worried about a person. So the idea of praying to Mary who can undo these knots in our lives, but knot is too tight. There's no way I can get out of this or I can't figure my way out of this. But to pray to Mary to undo these knots is also such a relief. She can unravel them and untie them and relieve us of that pressure that for us feels so unattainable has been very comforting. So this devotion to Mary, the undoer of knots has become more popular since Pope Francis encouraged the devotion in Argentina and then spoke about it during his first year as pontiff. That is from PrayMoreNovenas.com. You always talk about the novenas, but that's something that's been nice and comforting and the repetition of that. And I've been doing also a little bit more practice with the rosary and the chaplet we talked about last month. A Divine Mercy chaplet. A friend of mine actually gave me a little chaplet. And um, so I've been practicing. I, I actually said the whole chaplet before Mass one day. So I was excited, sort of proud of myself. We're getting there. You know, we're practicing. And we are. And the um, the untire of knots, you introduced that to me a while back. I felt like Not- everything was knotted. <laughs> home wise family members struggling and then at work taking on things there so there was a lot going on and you found the prayer in the novena and i did follow the prayermore.com i followed it along like you did i found it really helpful i found it calming just letting it go a little bit it was helpful the letting it go idea ties into Pentecost Sunday. I started getting excited about Pentecost again. Grew up in the church and Pentecost is a Sunday. So of course we would be in church on a Sunday, but never really knew the meaning of it and never thought to ask. It didn't occur to me. But a few years ago, pre-pandemic, I remember it was the week before Pentecost because Father Mark asked everybody the following week, he said, it's Pentecost Sunday, please wear red. Everybody wear red and it will be a great celebration of the Holy Spirit. And I thought, I'm all in, like any kind of spirit, yay, we're going to show our team spirit, I'm all in. There was a sea of people wearing red blouses and red ties and it was so neat to see that sitting in the pews. And then we had the pandemic and everybody was virtual, so I was just secretly hoping that Father would offer that again. And yay, he did. So last week he announced, please wear red on Pentecost Sunday. The meaning of that is it commemorates the descent of the Holy Spirit on the apostles and the other disciples following the crucifixion, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus Christ. So those three important events, the crucifixion, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus, which is from the from Acts of the Apostles chapter 2. This is the important thing that it marks the beginning of the Christian church's mission to the world. I think that's just important. Like, okay, like, yes, the church's birthday. That makes it exciting and that makes it make sense why Father said, wear red, and it's a celebration. It's exciting. So everybody wear red when you go to church on Pentecost. And the color red represents the Holy Spirit. Um, so just something to know that red is only worn on Pentecost, Palm Sunday, and Good Friday. Also at confirmation ceremonies is a way to denote the descending upon those being confirmed. Those are the days you would wear red. So I remember when I had my confirmation after our first communion and the little girls were white and the little boys are in their suits. And then for confirmation, I mean, we wore red, but it never occurred to me to ask or to question, like, why do we wear red? We just did. So now it just 
it gave it more meaning and context in my life all of these years later. So thank you for that, Michelle. You're welcome. Yes. So there we go. I was looking um, in the Bible and I looked up Pentecost and it took me to Acts 1. And it looks like all of the second verse is all about the Pentecost. It's about two pages almost. I just wanted to see what it looks like in the Bible since we were going to be talking about it. And there's some really powerful speeches in there and just very interesting reading. That was inspired by you and I get to talk about Pentecost. So I get the Bible out now when I think we're going to talk about something. I'm trying to utilize my Bible. Bible study's over, so now we're working on our own in the Bible. Even talking about the Walking with Purpose, the women's Bible study this year, second or third year that we're doing it, but this is really the practical application of that. So yes, we have this Bible study or this course of study that some of the ladies from the parish and outside of the parish from the community have joined. And we go through the certain lessons every week and they have a theme, but doing this outside of regular Bible study you know, is really neat. And that's what I'm finding is just very nice. Like we're, we didn't look at Bible passages and read from the Bible, except if we were at church or at Sunday school as a kid. So this is new for me to reference these different chapters in the Bible, these different readings. One leads to the next and then you learn more and then you say, oh, that one's familiar. I'm going to write that down. I really like that. I like that we're doing that. I just wanted to share a little bit about the mental health ministry this month was hosting a presentation on mental health awareness called Let's Talk About Mental Health in Our in Our Changing World. And we're addressing all the different things that comprise mental health and touching on substance use disorder, gambling disorder, mm. the pandemic, all the things. That's a big umbrella and it was open to the community. So we just want to bring the conversation and to break down stigma a bit of talking about these things. Like you talked a little bit about anxiety. I've had probably undiagnosed anxiety my whole life, but panic disorder is something that I struggle with. People that know me know that I have talked about things that I'm afraid of that include things that swing or move around. In later years, like in my life now, I did work on it a long time ago and I've gotten so that I can function in life, but it plagued me my whole life, but it was such a secret. I kept it to myself my whole life. I remember it since the time I was a kid. I never talked about it because nobody really understood in my family and everybody sort of just said like, oh, come on, it's fine. Talking about it, now I can laugh a little bit about it because it sounds a little silly, but it's something that it still bothers me. But when I talk about it, it makes it go away and it it eases it a bit so if i can share we can laugh about it but like decreasing the stigma about it i struggle with this thing that was paralyzing at times but like lots of other people also struggle with different types of mental illness whether or not they're diagnosed formally but it's okay to talk about and there's lots of help and support out there and lots of other caring people who are also going through similar things It's really interesting to be able to tie our faith together with any struggles that we have or any hardships that we're going through. So whether that's mental health, substance use disorder, financial problems, marriage problems, problems with our kids or our jobs or all of the above to tie our faith together and to be able to rely on on God and the Holy Spirit to give us the right words. To say that's comforting is such an understatement, but I guess I've really just found the meaning of 
using my faith to help me through these hard times and that I'm not alone. I don't feel alone anymore. No, you're right. We talk about it. And I also with the panic as well. And it prevents me from some things, concerts and things where there's going to be a lot of people I'm, I'm very leery about. I understand what that feeling is like. And I think when we talk about it, it kind of takes some of the power away. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the more you talk, it kind of gets out there. It doesn't cure it, but it just uh, kind of takes it down a little bit is what I think. Yeah, absolutely. There are some people that are really struggling, but sometimes they can say something that's funny and even they laugh about it. You know, like, oh, I didn't want to open my curtains today, but I know that if I don't, my dog's going to think it's still nighttime or something like, and then everybody laughs, but it makes it okay. We're all human and it's okay. And it's also okay to laugh about it and to have some bright moments because that's what brings us, us all together. And I think that's kind of a good way to wrap up because sometimes when we're dealing with folks that have had a lot of things go on, laughter can kind of be some good medicine too. They feel free to talk because other people are also going through similar things. And when they get to laugh, I think it's a relief for them sometimes. Just have some happiness and some moments of joy mixed in with anxiety or whatever they're struggling with. Laura and Michelle with Faith and Friendship Spoken Here, a production of the Mental Health and Communications Ministries of Saints Isidore and Maria Parish in Glastonbury, Connecticut. We'd love to get your feedback on and topics for the podcast moving forward. Send those along to contact at isadoreandmaria.org. That's contact at isadoreandmaria.org. Thanks to our pastor, Father Mark Sislenko, for supporting this project. Our music is courtesy of Blue Dot Sessions in Turner's Falls, Massachusetts. I'm Carol Vassar. Thanks for joining us.